Our scripture reading for today is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely, surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmakers, taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. God said to Moses, and, and he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. The Lord Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this day that you have made, and we're especially thankful this day to celebrate the baptism and confirmation of so many of our young people. And so now, God, once again we ask, in the hearing of your word, help us to find ourselves and in so doing, help us to live in accordance with your word for your glory. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, it pains me a little bit to say this as a formally trained historian, 
but we are taking a more than 400-year leap from last week's reading of Jacob's wrestling match. Briefly, very, very briefly, uh, following the reunion with his twin brother Esau, Jacob and his ever-growing family moved to the land of Egypt where they initially flourish. Unfortunately, their very success leads to a massive backlash and subsequent generations of Jacob and his family are forced into a life of slavery. So Moses is born into slavery. But not only that, he's born in a moment when the threat of a slave revolt and uprising leads the people of Egypt to order all of the Egyptians to throw every Hebrew boy into the Nile River. Moses should have perished along with his entire generation. But thanks to the courageous and compassionate actions of a group of women, the midwives, his sister, his mother, his adoptive mother, he's miraculously rescued and grows up as the adopted son of Pharaoh himself. He might have had a comfortable life as a prince of Egypt, but as an adult, he commits murder when he sees a fellow Hebrew being beaten by an Egyptian, and so he has been forced then to flee into the land of Midian as a fugitive. Now, as our reading opens, Moses has been languishing. He's been in the land of Midian shepherding his father-in-law's flock for 40 years. That's the middle third of his 120 years of life. Unlike the hyper-ambitious Jacob we heard about last week, who almost immediately began to accumulate immense wealth and flocks for himself, even after 40 years of working, it seems like Moses doesn't even have his own flock. As far as we know, during these middle years, Moses has lost all ambition for his life. He is not looking for God. He is not dreaming about returning to Egypt in triumph. He's not seeking out a new vocation or career. Instead, he has become disconnected from his old life and from the plight of his people in Egypt. And he seems to have resigned himself to living a forgettable life. So the day begins as one more unremarkable, unmemorable day, just herding sheep. But his curiosity is piqued by the sight of a bush on fire that is not consumed. And so when he turns to check it out, God calls to him and memorably reveals his name to him. Now, we could probably fill a large swimming pool with the amount of ink that scholars have spilled in trying to decipher the etymology and the meaning of this name, this name that is revealed to Moses here. In Hebrew, the name of God is simply four consonants known as the tetragrammaton. The letters are Y-H-W-H, and it's built on the Hebrew word to be, meaning to be. It's probably pronounced something like Yahweh, though you may have grown up hearing the word Jehovah as a substitute, 
or you may never have even realized it because in our English translations, it's almost always substituted by the word Lord in small capital letters, more than nearly 7,000 times. As for its meaning, these four letters, it's often translated as you heard today, I am who I am. Sometimes you will read it translated as I will be who I will be. Others have paraphrased it as I will be who I am and I am who I will be. Martin Buber proposed, I will be whatever I will be. C.S. Lewis in his novel, The Horse and His Boy, succinctly translate with just one word, myself, myself. And Dante in the Divine Comedy suggests and simplifies it even more and says originally the name of God was simply the letter I that became more letters as language changed and became altered. However we translate it, the name tells us that God is, God is. God's being is one without contingency, without beginning, without end. God always is, or, or more correctly, we should say God always is-ing. It's not, it's not a static kind of is. We say that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but it's not like, you know, something that's just gathering dust. God is always is-ing. And that's what Moses learned. He learned that God takes the initiative to reveal himself, but that that revelation comes to the one who turns, who pursues their curiosity, who asks, who interacts with God. God called him from the burning bush, but Moses had to turn and go seek it out. He could have ignored the burning bush and walked away and had a very different kind of life. God spoke to him, but Moses had to ask the questions. He had to ask, what is your name? I think it's the same for us. God continues to call us. He invites us to participate, to converse, to ask, what is your name? Because God wants to be known. Moses also discovered that God is holy and that his presence make the ground, the very ground that he's standing on, holy and he's told to remove his sandals. As a guest, it's like uh, walking into someone's home and removing your shoes as a sign of respect. And I know that this will sound a a bit archaic to some of you, but this is one of the reasons why I ask you when you come into this space that we take a moment to be silent, why I ask you not to bring in coffee and food and and things like that uh, as we enter here. Just again, as one small gesture of our attitude of approaching God with some sense of reverence. It's a reminder that worship is fundamentally different from other forms of gathering. Like when you go to a show or to a lecture and you kind of sit back drinking your coffee and asking the performers and the speakers and the musicians to impress you and to entertain you. You are not here as an audience to listen and I love the fact that Dahlia always reminds us when you walk in here, you're part of the choir. The only, you are not an audience here to listen to Dolly and the band sing. You're not here to hear me speak. You're here to offer a service of worship. And as Dolly has said again, God is the only audience in this space. 
Furthermore, Moses learns that God is the God of his father and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I mentioned last week that Moses did not have his son circumcised, suggesting that he was not following in the faith of his fathers. But he now discovers that his life is and has always been a part of this larger story of God's redeeming love for his family and for his people. Like most of you here, especially our young people here, you're here because of the faith of your parents. And maybe your parents are here because of the faith of their parents. You're part of this larger story of God's redemption, whether you know it or not. It's the same for us. We need to keep relearning as Moses did, to be reminded and be reassured of who God is, right? A, a big part of worship is simply rehearing and rediscovering who God is. Now, up to this point, Moses probably nodding in agreement as perhaps some of you are, right? This is, this is a great God, the God of compassion, the God who is holy, the God who loves me, God of my family, that's great. But then we get to verse 10 and God says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. It's fine to know that God loves his people and that God is going to rescue them, but now that Moses hears that he is going to be a part of that rescue plan, Moses raises as many objections as possible and we hear the first two of those objections. The first is, I'm nobody, who am I? No one's gonna listen to me. I'm a wanted murderer in Egypt. I haven't even been following you at all. Why should I go? And the second is, I don't, I don't even know your name. How can I possibly go? These two questions are really the same two questions that Jacob had to deal with last week. Who am I and who is God? And one way or another, all of us, we have to answer those two questions for ourselves. Who am I and who is God? In a moment, we're going to listen to the testimonies of seven young people who have completed a year-long confirmation class. I think there are many different ways to think about the meaning of confirmation, but at the very least, I think they are answering these two questions. Who am I and who's God? And based on what they have come to know, they're going to share with us that they are choosing this day to let all of us know that they have come to affirm for themselves that God is for me, that God is with me. I know who I am, and I know who God is in Jesus Christ. Who am I? I am God's. I belong to God. My identity and my destiny are eternally and forever intertwined with God's presence, as Moses discovered. Just as God answered Moses' objections about his identity with, I will be with you, so our students have discovered for themselves the same promise that Jesus has made to them, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Fear not, for I am with you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, last night, um, 
I was reminded how big of a step it is that these students will be taking today. Uh, last night, we had our uh, praise, prayer, and testimony, and uh, our speaker, Carminia, reminded me of something that I had said to her uh, and her uh, husband, uh, Chan, at their wedding when I officiated that wedding. So I checked my notes from nine years ago because I wasn't quite sure what I had said. <laughs> and I found that I had quoted from a novel, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. And I noted that in it, one of the characters says, some people don't understand the promise they're making when they make them. Some people don't understand the promise they're making when they make them. And, and I know this was especially true for me. When I got married, as some of you know, I said my vows in Korean, and to this day, I have no idea <laughs> what I promised. They don't know the promises they're, they're making when they make them. But then another character in the novel says this, right, of course, but you keep the promise anyway. That's what love is. Love is keeping the promise anyway. I told Carminia and Chan that they don't really understand the promises that they're making at their wedding, right? The promises that you make to be, you know, love through thick and thin, richer, poor, all that stuff that you say because, you know, you're in love and like whatever. You don't really understand what you're saying. You don't really understand the promises you're making. That's true for all of us. But they're going to promise in that moment, I'm going to keep this promise to you. Regardless, that's what you're trusting. And it's really in the keeping of that promise to keep that promise that you grow. As you keep keeping your promise, you come to better understand what it is that you actually promised. Likewise, today, our confirmands, they don't really understand. They can't understand the full extent of the promise to follow Jesus Christ. But they are committing to trust Jesus, and they are promising to keep those promises that they make today. And we, the whole church, all of us, we need to continue to nurture them and help them so that they can come to more fully understand not only what they are promising today, but far more importantly, to be reminded of God's promise to them. That regardless of how we may falter in our own keeping of promises, God's promise to us is ever sure and will never change. It seems to me that like Moses, they have encountered God by turning aside and asking questions. They have learned that God is a God of compassion, that God is holy, that God is the God of Abraham, the God of Moses, and the God of my mom and dad. They have discovered that God wants to be known, and they've taken those first steps of knowing him. They learned that God's name has been revealed to them, that the great I am is Jesus Christ the Son of God, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And lastly, like Moses, they are being given a commission, as we all are. We are always saved, not only from a life of sin and slavery to sin, but to and for a better life, to a life of joy and peace, love and hope, a life of service and justice. And it's just the beginning. This is not the end of their journey. Confirmands, 
You are called to join now in the life of this church fully. You can and you must join in the ministry as full partners and members. So ask yourself, how might I bless others in this congregation? What piques my curiosity and interest? Where can I turn and take a closer look? Ministry leaders, I also am charging you to seek out these confirmands. They have incredible talents. They can sing. They have technological skills. They have people skills. Ask them to join your ministries. Like Moses, they may resist. Who am I? I don't speak so good. I'm young. Remind them that God is with them. Remind them that God has called them. Commission them to serve with you in your work and our work and life together. Remember that the God who is, that the God of Moses, the great I am, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Please pray with me. God, we thank you again for this day that you have made. And we entrust the lives of these students today, especially into your loving hands, now and always. Remind them always of your great promise to them. That you claim them for yourself and that nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever separate them from your love for them in Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. It is in his name we pray. Amen.